morning and welcome to Are You Up Babes. I'm so glad you've joined me this morning. And my prayer is that as we look at the word together, we're just encouraged by the love of God, the grace of God and his perfect plan for our lives. And I just want to remind you, if life is tough right now, you may feel like God hasn't got a plan for your life or that he's forgotten you. I want to remind you and encourage you that he hasn't forgotten you and that he has a perfect plan for your life. And you know, if you look at the Bible, the Bible is filled with women who had dark, wounded pasts. They had skeletons in the cupboard. Just oftentimes, the Bible doesn't focus on that past or the skeletons in the cupboard, but the Bible focuses on a moment where their lives changed. You know, if you look at these women, the path that they took was often not the path that they planned to take. As little girls, they did not dream of the life that they were now living. But you know what often happens is when hurtful situations occur, it literally has the potential to destroy you. The wounds can go so deep. When decisions need to be made, and you no longer can base the solution to that decision on wisdom, on going to God and praying for his leading and his guidance. But because of wounds, you now base that decision on your current state of mind, on your current state of affairs. You now base the solution on being hurt. Your mind is clouded because you're hurt or you're wounded or you're offended or you've become defensive, feeling you need to protect yourself or you're filled with hatred or you need to run away. You just feel like you need to get away or you're filled with fear. All of those things will actually make you make decisions that will lead you on a different path to the path that God had planned for you to take, which means that the decisions we make will truly be clouded by our feelings. We should always be careful to make a decision when we're in a deep valley. And so it's simply because we are blurred by emotion that we can make a wrong decision. And instead of going on a path, it starts to deter us away. It starts to take us on a different path. You know, our vision can be tainted because of wounds and wounds will make us not see a blind spot. Now, if you're a driver or if you've ever driven on the road, you've got your learners, so you've had to learn the rules of the road, you will understand that you think very differently to someone who's never driven. It's just a matter of fact, if someone is a driver and they're walking on the road, they think completely differently to a person who's walking on the road who has never driven a car before. Why? Because a person that drives realizes they've got to take all the rules of the road into account. They've got to take into account all the other drivers and what the other drivers are doing, including those behind you. You've got to be aware of what's going on behind you and around you. Now, a driver has to figure out what someone's going to do before they actually do it. And that is why speed is such a bad thing. Because when you are speeding and you see something is about to happen, you have less of an ability to fix it because of the speed. 
The danger on the road is if you make a decision and you do not know what's in your blind spot. If you suddenly turn and you do not realize that there is a car in your blind spot, you are going to have an accident. And this is exactly the same when we are wounded and we make decisions. There is a blind spot that we are not considering when we make those decisions. And let's be honest, we've all done that, right? Now, what happens when we make a whole lot of wrong turns, before we start making right turns, we can actually alter the way our life should have gone. And this is the place many of the women in the Bible found themselves in. They had gone down a few wrong roads and they got to a place where they actually didn't like the life they were living. And I wanna speak about one of those ladies today. If you look at her as a little girl, the Bible doesn't tell us what went wrong. The Bible doesn't tell us the wound she endured, the pain, the hurt that she experienced. The Bible doesn't give us any background information. The Bible just simply tells us that she was a harlot. Now the word harlot means a woman who has many casual sexual encounters or relationships. This woman had many casual sexual relationships or encounters with men, and she was known as a harlot or a prostitute. Now, we don't know what got her to that place. We don't know if poverty took her down that road. We don't know if she was sexually abused as a little girl, that that took her down the road. What we do know is she had a mother and a father and she had a family. And the Bible tells us, that she must have been at the end of herself. How do we know that? Because of the next decision she makes. And this is what's important, is that we actually focus on right here, right now, and the next decision we're gonna make. And we ensure that it's a biblical decision that we're making. The decision we make aligns with the word of God. You know what I have learned, until we get sick and tired of living the way we're living, when we're living in a wrong manner, nothing is going to change until we get to a point where we're so sick and tired of living in, in that wrong state of mind. It could be in our work ethic. It could be in our, our physical being, our physical state. It could be in our mental state, the way we think. And until we have decided we are so sick and tired of thinking like that, of living like that, of being like that, nothing will change. But when we get to a point where we are at the end of ourselves, that is when we are able to change. And I know in my own life, when you're desperate to change, often you, you don't have any idea how you're going to change. You cry out to God and you don't even know if he's able to change you. In that moment, you're like, God, please help me. I'm in a desperate state. And it's then that God is able to step in and he's able to help us when we come to the end of ourselves. And this is exactly what happened in this woman's life. The Bible tells us that she was not a Jewish woman. She was a pagan woman. She worshipped pagan idols and their culture was a pagan culture. But they had heard all about this God of Israel who had provided for his people, who had protected his people, who loved his people. And she had heard how he had saved them from their enemy. And it invoked an incredible amount of fear, not just with her, but with all of the people that were living in Jericho and all the pagan nations. It was a good 
fear, if I can call it that. Now, fear is not a good thing. The spirit of fear, it's a spirit of fear that makes you frightened, that makes you live in fear. But this was a different fear. It was the fear of God. Proverbs chapter 9 verse 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Now let's look at her life. She'd made many decisions that were not based on wisdom. But right now, as she's faced with this situation, there is a fear of God and it's the foundation on what she can build the rest of her life on, a foundation of wisdom. And then it says, knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. She had a sudden knowledge of the Holy One, a sudden knowledge of this God of Israel who loved his people, who protected them, who provided for them. And this fear of God and this knowledge of this Holy God now gives her good judgment. She's now about to make a decision that will change the course of her life, the course of her history and her generation generations. And verse 11 says, wisdom will multiply your days and add years to your life. You know, if you know the story of Rahab, the harlot, you will know that the decision she based saved her life and it saved her family's life. It literally multiplied her days and added years to her life. Verse 12 says, if you become wise, you will be the one to benefit. And that's really how God wants us to live our lives. And that's really what happened in the story and in her life. It's beautiful. You see, in this moment of her fear of God, there was no more blind spots. Her focus was on God, not on the wounds, not on the past, not on her shame, not on her pain, but on God. There was nothing in the blind spot now because her focus was on God. And she says to these two spies who come to Jericho to suss out the city, they've been sent there. And she says to them, she will help them if they will remember her. The king had sent his soldiers to look for them and she hid them. And then she says to them, I will help you if you remember me, but not just me, my mom, my dad, my brothers, my sisters, and all of their families. And Joshua chapter 2, that's where you find this event taking place. Chapter 2 verse 10, she says, We are all afraid of you, for we have heard. For we have heard. And this is the gold. This is the powerful part. What had they heard? They had heard what God had done and they believed. And this is when our lives change. When we hear what God has done and we believe. No more blind spot. No more focus on the past, the pain, the shame, the mistakes that we've made, the mistakes or actually the evil that others have done to us. No, the focus is on God and I believe God. We believe God and your life changes. That's what changed her. She had heard what God had done. It struck fear into her heart. Good fear, not a spirit of fear, but the fear of God in her heart. And the fear was the beginning of knowledge. And now she was able to make good judgment no matter what had happened in the past, no matter the wounds, no matter the mess up she had made, no matter what had been done incorrectly to hurt her, she was now able to make the right decision. This decision grafts her 
into the family of Christ. One decision, the fear of God, the knowledge of God, it is the beginning of all understanding. This fear of God changes her future, but it doesn't just change her. This girl manages to change human history. Think about it. Wow. She changed human history. When we save people, we save and change human history. Later on, her story turns into a little romance. It's quite beautiful because she meets a man, part of the Jewish nation, and his name is Salmon, and she marries him, and they go on to have a son, and her son's name is Boaz. And if you read about her son, and you will read about her son specifically in the book of Ruth, he is a gentleman. He is a godly man, a man of character. He is respectful and he holds great influence in his community. And he has money because he was able to buy the land and redeem the family of Naomi. And so Rahab turned out to be a phenomenal mom. Good job, mom Rahab. She did a phenomenal job because she raised up a phenomenal man of God. Her son appears in the Bible and his name is Boaz. He was known as the Redeemer for the family of Naomi, which points us to our Redeemer, Jesus Christ. You know, King David became one of her descendants and later on down the line, Jesus Christ became one of her descendants. She literally changed human history. One choice, just one. Regardless of the past, regardless of the pain, regardless of the shame, she changed human history, a woman who had everything stacked against her. She believed what God had done. This story takes place in the Old Testament. There was no cross. There was no blood of Jesus Christ, yet, she made the decision to believe God and everything changed. She received God's mercy. She received God's grace. She received God's love. She received his adoption into his family. She received the lineage of Christ because she believed God. In that instant, her past was washed clean. Now, in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul writes about her. Paul, famous apostle Paul, writes about Rahab and he talks about her as Rahab the harlot. Now we could stop there and go, oh, so she didn't really lose her title because he refers to her as Rahab the harlot. But listen to this, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Now listen to verse 2. Through their faith, the people in the days of old earned a good reputation. The Apostle Paul was not at all labeling her in a bad manner. He was speaking of how her faith earned her a good reputation. Imagine being named among the hall of faith. As you walk down this incredible hall of faith, you see framed a picture of Noah. 
a man of faith. And then you walk down and you recognize Abraham, a man of faith. And then as you walk, you see Isaac and you see Jacob, his sons, framed in these big portraits, these men of faith. Then you see Joseph. Remember Joseph in Egypt, this man of faith. And then you see Moses, this man of faith in this hall of fame where these men of faith were rewarded and spoken about in Hebrews chapter 11. And then you see this woman and you recognize and realize this is Rahab. She's in the hall of faith. In this great hall of faith stands the cross And so your portrait and my portrait can stand in that hall of faith because one, we believed God. We believed God. We received Jesus Christ as our Redeemer. We allowed him to wash us clean, to save us from our past, to save us from our sin. And two, because we changed human history. Maybe you're sitting here and you're going, I really do believe, I really believe, but I just don't think it's possible for number two, that I can change human history. I want to tell you, every time you've prayed with someone, every time you've encouraged someone, every time you've ministered to someone, when you've encouraged them to continue in their marriage, when you've encouraged them to follow the word of God, when you've prayed with someone to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, as their Redeemer, you have changed human history because one person's change becomes a marriage changed, becomes a family changed, a household that is changed, becomes a lineage that is changed where descendants down the line will be changed because you changed human history. I want to close off by sharing a beautiful story. A woman that I met, I never met her face to face, but through mutual friends, mutual friends of ours, they told this woman about the church and the ministry and the work that we do. And she was very touched. And she's a principal of a little preschool. And she sent money in an envelope through these mutual friends to me and it was for the church. So I actually phoned her and spoke to her on the phone and just said to her, thank you so much for being so kind and for blessing the church. We just want to say thank you. We are very grateful. And I remember speaking to her. She had a gentle, kind voice. She was a soft-spoken lady. Recently, I heard that she had been tested positive for COVID and we immediately began to intercede and pray for her healing. She has a 10-year-old handicapped little girl that she adopted and looked after and loved dearly. She did not win the battle with COVID and passed away. But she had asked the mutual friends that I spoke about to look after her daughter while she was fighting the battle to get better from COVID. And this little girl was in my mutual friend's care when this lady, her name is Karen, passed away. They were absolutely devastated and Karen's best friend was going to come and visit on the Sunday and tell the little girl that her mom had passed away and tell the little girl that her mom's wishes in her will was that they would become her new family. And so 
Sunday came and the best friend of Karen arrived with her husband to tell this little girl that her mom had passed away. And our mutual friend actually told me when she came in, this little girl's face was smiling and she said to them, my mommy has gone to be with Jesus. I get so emotional. Imagine how beautiful that is. She said to them, my mommy has gone to be with Jesus. She was so happy. Jesus was so real to her that she understood her mom was now in the presence with Jesus and she was happy for her mom. And then she said, and this family has come. They're going to be my new family and I'm going to have a big family now. You know, it just amazes me how God works all things together for our good. And you know, this lady, Karen, her portrait is in the Hall of Faith. Her portrait is there. And this new family that has adopted her, their portraits are in that Hall of Faith. Because when we believe God, we change the course of history. We change humanity. And so I just was so moved by the story. I want to close with saying this. The cross gives us access to the hall of faith. We simply have to believe and change the course of history in people's lives. And we get to do that every single day. We don't have to be famous. We don't need to have a mic. We don't need to have a platform. Our platform is wherever our feet are, in whatever place we are every single day to encourage someone. And you know, as well as I know, that people are hopeless now more than ever. People are hurting more now than ever. People are frightened and scared more now than ever before. And we have an opportunity through prayer, through love, through ministering to them, to encourage them, to bring them hope. Because the Bible says that we have a hope and a future. So I want to encourage you. And I saw this prayer and I, I just thought it was so beautiful. And I thought in closing, we could maybe say this prayer together. If you would like to repeat after me, say, Lord, thank you that you can protect me. Even when disaster strikes, when things go wrong, help me not to be afraid, but rather to keep up my courage and to have faith in you. Isn't that a beautiful prayer? I'm going to say it again. Lord, thank you that you can protect me even when disaster strikes. When things go wrong, help me not to be afraid, but rather to keep up my courage and to have faith in you. You know, God is faithful to you. He calls you to be faithful to him. Unfaithfulness leads us to trouble. I just love the stories in the Bible because they give us so much hope that when we believe God, regardless of the paths we've taken, regardless of the mess ups and the mistakes, and we find ourselves in such a hopeless situation where we just feel like it's too late. I've lived this life. It's such a mess. I want to tell you just in one moment, if we will believe God, he will do a work in our lives that we will be able to change the course of history 
in other people's lives. And so I hope you are encouraged. I know that your picture, your picture is framed in the hall of faith because of the blood of Jesus Christ. We together will change the course of history for Jesus Christ. Amen. May God bless you. Your presence is my home. Whoa.